Well, good morning, everybody. <laughs> well, sorry for a little bit of that uh, technical difficulty. We're actually not quite sure what happened there. We lost sound. Uh, so we missed out on um, some of uh, what Pastor Rivet was saying right at the very beginning. But we're able to catch um, the heart of what she was saying. And, you know, this Easter is um, its a unique Easter for all of us. It's a unique Easter for the church worldwide. Um, you know, so, hey, as we welcome you into our home, thanks for coming into our homes and uh, thanks, uh, uh, Josh and Veronica and Micah for leading us in worship today. It was beautiful going into your home again. Uh, I love this kind of home feel that we have going on here. Um, but this is a unique Easter, right? For all of us. All of us are experiencing the uniqueness of uh, this Easter worldwide. And due to the restrictions, obviously, we're still not able to gather together, but through the means of technology, we can gather in small groups all across this great region here in St. Albert, Edmonton area, and uh, so glad that we can celebrate uh, this um, uh, great Resurrection Sunday. Um, see, for the Christian, Easter Sunday is a celebration of Jesus Christ being raised to life by God. Good Friday celebrates and marks uh, Christ's death, and Easter Sunday celebrates his resurrection from death, from the dead. And I know for someone who is not a Christian, it sounds, it can sound almost freaky. You mean someone died and then wasn't dead anymore? Okay, okay, it's kind of blowing my circuits. I don't understand. Well, when you read the Bible, you'll discover that God, the creator of all things, by the way, sent his son to earth to save mankind from our sins. And that son of God that I mentioned, that son of God's was Jesus Christ. And as you read throughout the scriptures, you discover that the only way for Jesus to do this was to willingly offer himself up to God as a sacrifice for our sins. It was the righteous, the holy one, the pure one, taking the place of unrighteousness or of unholiness. It's a rather long story as to why Jesus died the way he died. But let's just say that that was the way God designed it to be. I encourage you to read the story in the scripture. In fact, read the entire uh, Bible and you begin to see uh, Jesus's death unfold in a very unique way, maybe in a way you've never truly understood before. But here's the thing. Jesus died to take away or to wash away the sins of mankind. Did you catch that? Jesus died to wash away the sins of mankind. The catch is this. You have to believe in him. That's the catch. You have to believe that God sent him. You have to believe that Jesus is the son of God. You have to believe that your sins have separated you from God. And you have to believe that the only way to be reunited with God 
is through accepting Jesus for who the Bible says he is, the Savior of all mankind, the Savior of the world. Did you catch what I said earlier? I said Jesus died to take away or to wash away the sins of mankind. It says this, in fact, in the Bible, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, it says this in the uh, New Living Version. It says, our sins are washed away and we are made clean because Christ gave his own body as a gift to God. I'll repeat it. Our sins are washed away and we are made clean because Christ gave his own body as a gift to God. Just as we jump in the shower to wash away the grime of the day, so Jesus, through his death, washed away the the dirt in our lives. His death made us clean and his resurrection sealed the deal. So you know what that means? It means we do not have to be bogged down by yesterday's guilt. Did you hear that? Did you catch that? Through Jesus' death and resurrection, all who believe on him are set free from being held captive by yesterday's sin. (laughs) There's something called double jeopardy. It's a it's a law term, and that wording uh, differs from country to country. But what this does is it essentially prohibits a person who has already been convicted of a crime and who has served the crime to be convicted of the same crime once again. Mankind was convicted of a crime, and that is rejecting God. But Christ came to serve that sentence for us. We were the guilty party. He was innocent. Yet in his innocence, he became guilty in order that through his innocence, he would be able to wash away our sins. So here's what this means for you and I. Here's what this means for us. It means you can be freed from that weight that you've been carrying around. It means that guilt sack that has been breaking your back, it can be forever cast aside. You can be free from the burden of sin. Isn't that beautiful? That, friends, is the essence of the gospel. That is the essence of what Jesus came to do. And for all, every single one of us who believe, it means that you no longer should believe the lies of the enemy that says that we are unclean. Christ's resurrection A resurrection we are celebrating today speaks of the cleansing that occurred in our lives through Christ's death. In fact, water baptism symbolizes this. For when we stand in the water, it represents our old life before Christ. A life full of guilt, a life full of shame, a life that was burdened by the guilt of sin. This, friends, is a picture of the cross. Christ taking to the cross your sin and mine. 
We're standing in the water. That occurs. And then next, when we are fully immersed in the water, it represents our old life being buried, being washed completely clean. And that, friends, is a picture of not only the cross, but of Christ's burial. Christ dying and leaving, hanging on the cross, your sin and mine. <laughs> and then burying that sin, that shame, that guilt, that condemnation, burying it once and forever in the grave. And then when we come out of the water, it represents our new life in Christ. A life, listen, it's so important that you catch this, a life that has been washed clean. A life that was full of sin that is no longer full of sin. A life that was full of condemnation and fear that is no longer full of condemnation and fear because it had been washed away. That is what water baptism represents. Friends, it's a picture of the cross. It's a picture of his burial. And it's a picture of his resurrection. That when we come out of the water, we come out as as new people, brand new. It's what the Bible refers to as us being born again. <laughs> In other words, it's it's a do-over. It's a chance for a fresh start with a clean slate. How many of you could use a do-over in your life? Well, at the end of the service, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do just that. Give you an opportunity to have a do-over in life. But let's get back to our text and see what it says. It says in Hebrews 10.10, our text for today, it says, Our sins are washed away and we are made clean because Christ gave his own body as a gift to God. Our sins are washed away and we are made clean. Our sins are washed away and we are made clean. Our sins are washed away and we have been made clean. Let me say it again. I can't say it enough. Our sins have been uh, washed away and we have been made clean. Are you getting it? Can you feel the effect of those words on your life that our sins have been washed away and we are made clean? The Holy Spirit is taking those words and he's making it real to you. The Holy Spirit is taking those words and reminding you of the effect of Christ's death and his resurrection in your life. The effect of his death and resurrection in your life, friends, is that our sins have been washed away and we are made clean. We need to catch this, my friends. We need to get this on the inside. We need to begin to feel this like we've never felt it before. Let me ask you a question. Do you see yourself this way? It's a good question. Do you see yourself as being clean before God? You know, in this age that we're living in right now, um, every time 
I go out, um, I make sure that I disinfect my hands. I have some uh, um, um, disinfectant with me and and some of that antibacterial uh, cream and I and I, I always put it on my hands. And when I come home, I do the same thing with everything that is that is brought into the house. We we use good old Lysol that kills 99.9% of all bacteria and we we clean the area. Well, here's the thing about Christ's death and resurrection. It's not 99.9% free of bacteria. It is 100% clean. When you are born again, when you have given your life to Jesus Christ, you became 100% clean. And church, we need to begin to live like that. And we must stop from this moment forward. We must stop thinking any other way. We must stop having that mentality that says and thinks that we're not clean. We're clean. We've been made clean before God. Our sins have been washed away, thoroughly cleansed by God. That means that no longer should you be burdened down by guilt. No longer should you be burdened down by condemnation. No longer should you be walking around with the weight of sin on your back that is breaking your back no longer because through Christ's death and resurrection, he washed away that sin. He made us clean. Friends, this gives us liberty to live like freed people. (laughs) Do you catch that? It gives us the liberty to live like freed people. I believe when we get this, when we get this deep down in our getter, we'll begin to live differently than the way we have been living. Do you believe that? This, friends, is, I believe, what God is doing with us during this time of isolation. He is showing us that through faith in Christ, we have been cleansed. Our sins have been washed away. And we come, when we come out of our caves, <laughs> when we come out of uh, the grave, if you may, kind of like when Christ came out of the grave, when we come out of our caves, we will come out as God intended us to be, as people who can walk around free from sin, free from the burden of sin, free from the burden of condemnation, cleansed by his power. And that effect of the cleansing in our lives will begin to wash, catch this, it'll begin to wash our cities and our communities and our friends and our nation clean. Just think for a moment about our Savior about Jesus. So we know he went to the cross. That's what Good Friday is all about, him going to the cross and dying on the cross to bear our sins, right? He bore our sins on the cross. And then he died and they buried him in the tomb. He was in the tomb for three days. 
And after three days on Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, he was raised from the dead. And what I find interesting is it says in Scripture, it says in Matthew 28, verses 6 to 7, when some of the disciples ran to the tomb because they heard this something had happened. And so they ran to the tomb. And when they got there, an angel said something to them. That was very interesting. The angel said to them, he is not here. He is risen and he has gone ahead of you to Galilee. He's gone ahead of you to Galilee. And I thought for a moment, Galilee. Okay, so what's up with Galilee? Well, Galilee was a district or a region uh, that was predominantly occupied by uh, uh, Jews and the heathen and Gentiles. So it, they were a, a, a group, a mixture of people of different faiths, of a different place in society. And it says in Isaiah about this, it was prophesied by Isaiah in verse 9, it says, Galilee of all nations, the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Now, as you read the Gospels, you discover that Jesus started his ministry in the region of Galilee. And it was here, after his resurrection, we see Jesus returning to Galilee, returning to where he started. And maybe, just maybe, (laughs) this is what we, the church, are supposed to do. Maybe. Just maybe, I don't know, maybe God is shifting his church. He's shifting his people back to really what our faith is all about. See, because it says of Jesus in the book of Acts that Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. See, and in Luke Uh, If you read Luke's uh, gospel in chapter 4, it says of Jesus right in Galilee. Jesus started his ministry in Galilee, and he was going to end his ministry in Galilee. And here's what he said when he started his ministry in Galilee. He stood up in in the synagogue, and he read from the book of Isaiah, And he read this, it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 to 19. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That is what Jesus' ministry was all about. He proclaimed that at the very beginning of his ministry in Galilee. And after his resurrection, he went back and he ensured that his disciples would fulfill it. You catching this? I believe during this time, during this unique season of our life, God has taken us back to Galilee, to the beginning, to 
what our faith should be all about. It should be about what Jesus' ministry was about. The book of Acts states it clearly. It says, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. This responsibility now, friends, rests upon the church. It rests upon you and it rests upon me. It rests upon us to fulfill this. That after this is all done, after we come out of our caves, that we will come out with a message that is a good message. And that we'll come out doing good. And we'll come out healing all who were oppressed of the devil. See, and what he said in Luke was also a prophetic word to the church today. That the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. God has given you and I his spirit. And his spirit was given to us for a reason. And that reason is is found in Luke when we see Jesus first entering into his, his era of ministry. When he first started out, he said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. Friends, this is something that we, you and I, the church, must continue to do. We must continue to reach out to the marginalized. We must continue to reach out to those who are poor in spirit. To those who, they may be rich in wealth, but they're poor in spirit. A poor in spirit person is a person who has not yet realized and recognized the work of the cross in their lives. A person who is poor in spirit is a person who has not yet come to that place in their life where they have given their lives to Jesus Christ. And you and I have been given a commission. We have been given a purpose, a holy purpose. We have been anointed for this very reason to go out and proclaim the good news to the poor, to those who are poor in spirit. Not only that, he has He has given us a message of liberty. What I just talked about previously, we have been freed from our sin. We are liberated from our sin. We are free from the burden of that sin so that we can now go out to the world And proclaim that freedom to all who will hear. Recovery of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty those who are oppressed. We knew prior to going into this period of isolation. That there were a lot of people. You knew a lot. You may have been one who was oppressed. Just feeling the weight of oppression upon your life, and it was breaking your back. Through this time of isolation, God is showing us the purpose that he has planned for the church. He's bringing us back to the beginning. He's bringing us back to where it all started. He's bringing us back to the Galilee. And friends, I want you to know that that anointing that he has given you, that that anointing is enough to carry you through the ministry that he has called you to. 
He has made you clean. He has given you a newfound authority. He has given you newfound victory. And I want you to know something. Just a little side note here. If this plague is a result of sin, then Christ's death was God's antidote. Did you hear? If this plague was a result of mankind's sin, then Christ's death was God's antidote for it. Christ's death is always God's antidote to sin, no matter what it may be. You following me? That's why I don't believe that this plague came from God because he sent his son to be the antidote for sin. Why would God send a plague only to have his son uh, be the antidote for it? it? It doesn't make sense. And when you read the scriptures for what the scriptures truly are, you begin to see that that thinking does not make sense. We were friends set apart by God, for God, and to God. That's why we were set apart. And maybe, I don't know, uh, this time of uh, empty churches, of empty church buildings, maybe this symbolizes uh, or maybe even exposes the hidden emptiness within our churches and the possible future we could have of empty churches. Maybe it symbolizes the fact of a wake-up call to us as the church that we have to come out of this season different. We have to come out of this season with a different face of Christianity to the world around us. Because I don't want this to be a prophetic voice of where the church is at. The churches, our church buildings are empty. Nobody's going to them. I don't want that to continue to happen when we come out of isolation. And maybe the buildings have been empty. and Maybe we haven't been reaching people the way we need to reach people. Possibly because we were off running after things that we should not have been running after. But I believe this time of isolation is recentering the church, is refocusing you, the church. And we're realizing that church is not just about a building. It's about a people. And it's about a people who are willing to recognize and realize that our sins have been forgiven, that we have been washed clean, and that we now have a message to go out into all the world, as Matthew 28 says, and preach the gospel to every person. And with that message, see people be set free and that we would be able to introduce them not to a church, but to uh, the God who founded the church, introduce them to Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior. And then we'll begin to see the church get refocused to our initial purpose. The church was always God's idea. It says of Jesus that he is the head of the church. So he is the head of this 
institution, if you may, that has been established called the church, which is just a group of people, a group of men, women, and children who gather together in Christ's name to lift up his name and to worship his name. If that is the purpose of the church, then we go forth into the world that is lost and dying, into the world that is is helpless and hopeless, with a message of hope, with a message that speaks of a release of our burdens and our sins and our shame and the condemnation that has been upon us. A a church that is willing to go forth and proclaim this message to all who will hear. Friends, this is the purpose of the church. And Resurrection Sunday reminds us of that. It reminds us that we've been clean. It reminds us that we've been washed. And it reminds us that we have a message that when we come out of the grave, just like Jesus came out of the grave, and and go back to Galilee, go back and spread the message of the gospel. That's what Jesus did after his resurrection. He went back and he encouraged the church. He went back and he strengthened the church. He went back and he commissioned the church. And he gave them a new purpose and he gave them a new vision. And friends, today, this is what God is speaking to you and I. He's given us a new purpose and he's given us a new vision. Will we take it up? Will we pick up that mantle and follow him? Maybe you're listening and you're that person who I mentioned who you have not yet given your life to Jesus Christ. You have not yet believed. And if that's you, I want to this morning, I want to lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer of asking Jesus Christ to come into your life. And it goes like this. And to help out, we have this available, uh, the uh, prayer, the wording of this prayer in our uh, Facebook chat. Uh, and, but for those of you that are, home, uh, that, that are at home and don't have that available to them, just simply pray this prayer after me, okay? Just say this. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins And I invite you to come into my heart and life. From this day forward, I want to trust and follow you. For you are now my Lord and Savior. Amen. I want you to know if you prayed that prayer, then you're a Christian. And we want to get some material into your hands. We want to help you understand the decision that you made. So... If, if you, um, if you have, uh, access to the email, I'm sure you do, just email the office at office at victorylifechurch.ca and we'll forward you that information. Thank you guys for tuning in again this, uh, uh, unique Easter Sunday. I hope this was an encouragement to you and a strength to you. I hope you leave, um, with a fresh sense, sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. in your life through this. Mm-hmm. You know, there was something I want to share that I, I um, 
somehow we had some technical difficulties at the beginning. That's okay. You know, I was thinking about this. Um, it's an older song, but it's a very popular song. And just the, the chorus, the words, I just wanted to read. And it says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. I thought that was very appropriate for what we're going through. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Again, very appropriate. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. So I pray that you have been encouraged today to remember that we have a hope that goes way beyond the kind of hope that anybody can give out. It's not a hope with a little H, but it's hope with a big H. And I really want you to know that in Christ we have that hope. And, uh, you know, that you're encouraged today that that can be yours. It's for anyone, anyone who just grabs a hold of it. So that's the sharing that we had for today. And I hope that you are encouraged with the living hope. Well, again, another great day um, and through these unique times of doing church online. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a prayer that is going Monday to Friday, 6.30 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. for half an hour. So I encourage you to tune in if you can. Uh, we're also looking at, at different ways where we can uh, set up uh, ways for us to connect as a church online through the use of these video uh, messages so uh keep keep your eye on the um on the emails that will come your way and i you know what i also just want to close by thanking uh those those four beautiful people who gave us those i declares uh that was alexa who started us off and then megan and then presley and then joel oh thank you guys so much it it made this day uh, that much more uh rich and rewarding yeah. And uh, so God bless you guys. We love you. Have yourself a Happy great, Easter. great day. Happy Easter to you. God bless. Bye-bye. Amen.